0: Welcome, oh, listener, to another episode of Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug. This is episode 104 of the podcast, and we have another great discussion lined up for you. This week, we are talking about, well, it started out actually as a discussion of the incredible market success of Grand Theft Auto V, but it evolved quite quickly from there into a rather deeper and more challenging discussion about ethics and morality um, in games and in other media and our affinity for the bad guy in a lot of cases and just it was a really actually really quite interesting conversation a little bit more technically challenging to make it happen though because i was even though i was actually in the house and unfortunately i wandered near my computer and it, it, There's some echo at some points, which is when I wander near my computer, because even though I was in my house and even though recording was taking place on my computer, I was actually contributing from my phone because I kind of had to be moving around a little bit, dealing with like putting kids to bed or like right at the start, my son woke up and had to be rocked back to sleep. So some technical challenges in recording, but kind of also interesting in terms of how we put the episode together. But you know what? Bear with us in case there's some weirdness in the audio. Also, just a reminder, we are now hosted on Anchor.fm, a new and much more social podcast hosting platform. Find us at anchor.fm slash podcast and take advantage of some of the neat community features there. You can leave us messages up to a minute in duration and give our episodes applause. For those of you who uh, also do the smart home thing, you can find us on the Apple Home Pod. Try saying, hey, Siri, play the podcast Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug and see what happens. And likewise, we're live on Google Home. Try saying, hey, Google, play the podcast Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug. We're also thrilled this week to welcome two new Patreon backers, Dragon, who, uh, well, you'll hopefully recall, is a frequent contributor to our episodes, and Shamano70K, love the ultimate name there. Big thanks to both. And as always, this episode of Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug is brought to you by our Patreon backers. So thank you to everyone who supports the podcast and the codex by that means. And as always, a hearty thank you to our co producers Seth, Dominic, Chris, Violation, Adam, Eric, Thorwan, Pascal, Helgruff, Aaron, The Hearth of Britannia, Edward, Stirring Dragon, Cranberry, Slegnor, Bruce, Christopher, and now Idea and Shamano 70k. All right. That's enough from me. Enjoy the
1: show.
2: The topic you, uh, you suggested for this, uh, this episode was uh, GTA 5, especially the number of uh, units uh, slash uh, uh, return on budget that they, uh, they got for this uh, particular game. I think.
0: Oh, um, GTA 5, or yeah, GTA 5, you mean, right?
2: Yes. Uh, uh, unless you uh, you want to discuss about something else, which is uh, perfectly fine for me.
1: no I just I don't know I just it was an interesting story that I found right because I mean just the sheer scale of it of you know like six billion dollars it's an absurd number and I mean like I know that comes from a combination of things like game sales and um, GTA Online and sort of the continuing revenue from that and whatever else and I know like there's a lot of differences between uh oh I hear my son waking up.
2: During the uh, uh, time you, you went away, I was uh, looking for the, for the numbers for the other uh, edition of, uh, of uh, Grand Theft Auto. What did you find? Well, mostly that uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 is the best game uh, as as we are discussing the commercial success. And uh, I think I saw somewhere that it uh, combined uh, uh, it. it uh, GTA 5 itself combined uh, the success of three of the previous GTA games as the number of units sold and uh, money earned. So it's uh, it was. I'd say uh, a surprise for, for Rockstar Game on Take Two. It's something that was not uh, expected uh, looking uh, looking back at the number of uh, other entry in the series.
1: So presumably we're talking about um, three, San Andreas, and four. Yes. Just looking at
2: this one is and San Andreas, three, yes. And this one. Yes. That's uh, three, Vice City, San Andreas, and four. That's the uh, four previous games. Oh, okay. Uh, just looking at the number of uh, units sold for the last one. Almost uh, every game in the series is uh, has a ten years window, so we you know that uh, but while the game is still played, they keep it... Uh, uh, how to say that? Uh, under the radar for for ten years after the release dates. Oh, okay. Um, cool. For example, uh, the last game in the series is a GTR4, and they had to uh, recently change the, the radio uh, listing because their um, the license was uh, it just went away. It was a ten year license, and uh, they had to um, to update the, the track listing. Oh wow Just this one yes oh, no. it's something like 40 uh, forty forty to twelve millions uh, of uh, of units sold for which game uh, each previous game and g t r five is uh, great uh, uh, it still sells uh, a great number of, uh, of units, uh even something like four years after its uh, its, uh, its date uh, of, uh, of release.
1: Yeah, it's regularly still on the sales charts.
2: Yes, but then again, uh, the price has gone has gone as low as something like uh, 20 uh, 20 euros um, here in in your inference. So there's a there's an entry point which is. Much lower now than when it was uh, released uh, a couple of years ago.
1: Still, just the scale of it is insane. You know, one game is going to outgrow like the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy.
2: <laughs> yes, but uh, again, there's, uh, there's something that is uh, I think different with uh, GTA V is that uh, they added uh, an online mode with uh, microtransactions. Yes. So um, it's uh, it's unclear whether it's just the the, the money is, the, uh, is made about the sale of the, the game itself, uh, the game copies, or just uh, with uh, the microtransaction from uh, GTA Online uh, rolled in. It's it's not uh, there's no explanation if it's if These two uh, numbers are separated or keep separated uh, when they're talking about uh, GTA 5. Uh, one of the articles that I read about was dated from 2016 and said that uh, the microtransactions of uh, GTA Online only were uh, were about something like 50 million dollars. So, yes, that's easy. Really? Yes. And they Keep up your uh on the online uh, game uh, by making uh, every week updates, and very regularly uh, they do release uh, new skins or objects that player can buy in game. Right, the uh, the cosmetics and occasionally the, the other account. yes, and new uh, new cars and things like that. Okay. So yes, it's uh, it's very interesting. Uh, I found up uh, another article, told, discussed uh, the the other games which had uh, success uh, prior to uh, to Grand Theft Auto 5, and they said that the first uh, the first game in the list is Space Invaders, with uh, almost 14 billion dollars, followed by uh, adjusted for today's price uh, translation. Yes, and Pac-Man, which was $13 billion, and uh, in in the third position is Street Fighter 2, with uh, $10 billion, and followed up by World of Warcraft.
1: Ah, yes, of course.
2: Of course. But it's very interesting that the first three games um, are not games of... uh, recent games, if you will. We don't have a, any number beyond these fours, but uh, it's it's very classic games, uh, Space Invaders and Pac-Man. Uh, especially if you adjust them, it uh, it means that people uh, paid for a game that they didn't own back then. I think uh, Street Fighter 2, It's unclear whether it's uh, only the, the arcade games or the they <laughs> were in the, the the games sold on the consoles on PCs, but I think it's a, it's a global uh, a global number of sales, including uh, classic arcade and and uh, different types of uh, Street Fighter Two uh, console games. But yes, uh,
1: when you so look yeah, at the yeah, numbers, yeah, I out there. I just put my son back down, so no, no it's, uh, a little
2: bit. it's okay. But I have a chance uh, to to can. To 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 being able to uh, isolate myself uh, in a room, I, uh, in the house, uh, usually I'm uh, I'm all alone.
1: Ah, well, there you go. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I certainly I think you know, especially with things like Pac Man and Space Invaders, like you know, it's very obvious that they should be on the list. But it, it's sort of like you know, the argument over um, you know, like Gone with the Wind is still one of the Top-grossing films of all time, right? But again, you're adjusting um, a decades-old box office total. You know, almost a century old in the case of *God the Wind* or *Gone with the Wind*. You're adjusting, you know, a box office total from decades and decades ago into modern dollars. Well, yeah, of course, there's a huge multiplier effect that happens because of inflation, and you know, consequently, yeah, um, sure, it's easy to well hit that highest-grossing um, total. But that's not to you know demean the accomplishment of these games because these are iconic games, right? Space Invaders, Pac Man, like these are the icons, and Street Fighter Two, likewise. I mean, like that dominated the
2: arcades when it came out. And it still is uh, a reference. I uh, just uh, saw yesterday that uh, um, there's uh, a Kickstarter on the, uh, for a Street Fighter Two board game. Uh, board game, yes. You are, You can. Uh, Align your your figures and fight on a on a on a, on a board uh, which is inspired uh, by each stage from the original game. So you select your fighters wow. and, and use uh, uh, a selection of cards to uh, to to try to uh, to do multiple hit combos on the on the adversary and defeat him. And they um, even uh, mimicked the mechanisms of round one, one two and, uh, multi-hit combos. Okay. But, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And we are, yeah. when a game works well, there's two possibilities. Either it's, uh, about the characters, so you will see character will come back or will come back in, uh, the franchise, uh, going on, uh, from that point, or it's the mechanisms of the game which make it, uh, regular sometimes it's a combination of, uh, of the two but uh gta uh it has been uh, a controversial game since the first one was released back uh, back in the day when it was a, a 2d game and not a 3d uh 3d game yeah and it was basically just a top-down driving sim uh, well, no, You in the first game, you were already, you were already um, doing work for the crime families uh, of the city, and you could uh, already carjack uh, a lot of, uh, of vehicles. Yeah, but, uh, but I mean, like, the main mechanic of the game was
1: like, you know, like now, if you look at GTA V, it's largely indistinguishable from any other 3D RPG, right? The driving is still there. Yeah. It's still very much a driving heavy game, but at the end of the but, day, like it's, you know, a 3D RPG in many respects, like any other 3D RPG you could really name, right? Whereas the original GTA, yes, you could get out of the cars and run around, but it was much more of a pure driving simulator. Because if you were out of the car, you had about 15 seconds before you got squashed like a bug.
2: Yeah, so you you had to run uh, in some in some place to uh, to uh, to finish your de- your delivery job. But yes, you were you were. It was strongly a suggestion that you, you kept uh, getting these, uh, these, uh, these vehicles in the game. But uh, add to that that, that starting when they, uh, they even switched to a 3D engine, they had different types of vehicles like uh, boats and uh, helicopters. Uh, I think they could, could uh, uh, drive beyond the simple cars and, and motorcycles. But, whoops. Yep,
1: I, uh, <laughs> this push to talk is killing me. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, actually,
2: GTA One and Two are the only ones in the series I've still played today. I played GTA One. GTA Two was not that good of a game, but I kept uh, looking at it. And after that, well, um, I was more interested in the <laughs> in the music selection of uh, the later GTA and the, the game themselves, but. Um, it's it's part of a controversy. That's uh, like bully. I'm not very fond of games that uh, ask you to play the bad guy. Well, yes. So uh, I understand uh, the appeal of uh, playing a, a scarface uh, type character and mounting your your empire. I mean. Uh, there are all the are of games that allow you to uh, to be part of a uh, criminal organization. I think uh, it was Mafia and Mafia Two were uh, trading on the same uh, grounds. Yeah, but true
1: too. I think there's Mafia Three now too,
2: isn't there? Yeah. but uh, uh, well, I'm I'm not that, that kind of uh, of player. So uh, when when some of my uh, my friends play these games, I'm. I'm always wondering uh, what it means uh, about uh, us as a society <laughs> uh, when, as you said, there's so uh, such a number of uh, sold units for a game like that. I'm, I'm not sure you'd uh, you'd um, you'd offer uh, playing uh, just a good man living a good life uh, would have the same kind of appeal for for person, even if. Uh, Things like uh, The Sims had a success. Uh, the numbers are not uh,
1: comparable. No, not really at all. And I mean, but you know, like this kind of is almost, uh, and, and I think it was you that was making this point in the, uh, in the chat a few days ago, right? Is that, you know, like there is this certain fascination in entertainment media, um, not just. Uh, not just video games, but just in entertainment media in general, with the villain, right? I mean, especially in like really iconic properties, right? GTA as a as, as a property itself is you kind of just you're playing the villain, anyways. I mean, there are, are ostensibly ways to play it as something of a good guy, but at the end of the day, like you know, if you're following the narrative, you're you're a gangster, <laughs> and that's yes. you know what you're playing out. You know, you're you're one of the bad guys, um, but people. People identify with the bad guy in a lot of other media properties. I mean, the most obvious is maybe you know Darth Vader or now like Kylo Ren, right? There are people who are just like, <laughs> you know, Darth Vader and Kylo Ren are mass murdering, genocidal maniacs. Objectively, yes, they but are. they have fans.
2: <laughs> yes, and I, I I have a lot of respect for what we're doing, but when you see people of five or first, ah the the group of, uh, of fans who dresses like uh, imperial officers, stormtroopers, yeah, no, or well. Darth Vader. Uh, I always I, I'm blanking a bit because um, people think it's okay because it's fiction, but still they are making the apology, if you will, of a totalitarian uh, uh, government who's crushing liberties and and torturing people so it's it's always strange uh, but most of the people think that um, playing a villain or uh, allowing themselves with villains in fiction is okay because it's fiction uh, i'm I'm not sure that uh, everybody understands uh, the uh, the ethical uh implication of that um like you said you can you can Play a somewhat good guy uh, in in the open game of Grand Theft Auto, but the story itself, that uh, that uh, the narrative that is written by uh, by Rockstar Games, uh, is not is not making you uh, uh, an anti-hero. It's straight up villain, and um, pretty much. And you you, you talked about um, other. Uh, media entertainment, that's right. Um, there's a lot of uh, movies going on discussing uh, uh, different type of uh, of fight you know, within criminal organizations like uh, The Godfather and Scarface uh, but oh, other, gay, oh, other movies too who, uh, talk uh, about uh, making a haste or things like that. Usually what uh, most of them do is showing you that uh, the protagonist is less of, of a bad guy than the villain of the movie, so it's yeah. okay to root for him. But uh, yeah, he's the
1: least the, bad guy on screen, so cheer for yes. that guy.
2: <laughs> yes, usually he's been uh, uh, he's been uh, beaten up or left for dead, or he wants revenge and he gets it, and you can cheer for him because in the end it's the, the most evil one, but it's it's a part of uh, of entertainment now. The, the kind of criminal guy that gets it down.
1: You know, two thoughts come to mind there, and they're totally separate thoughts. But you know what? I'll put them out. I'll put. I'll say this one first because the second one might be a segue into another topic. The first thought that comes to mind is that like this. This requires, like, to play something like, to play as, like, an actual hard villain, at least for me, require like, I can't do it. Well, no, that's not quite true. I can force myself to do it if I take very small gameplay sessions. Like, I did complete a pure Renegade playthrough of the original Mass Effect trilogy, and it took forever, and I hated it, and I hated myself for most of it. Because, like you know, when you're Renegade Shepherd, when you're playing as pure Renegade Shepherd, like you are an ass. You are just an asshole, and um, you know you do some just really messed up stuff that has you know actually really quite long term and devastating consequences later on. But you know, like it's it's hard, at least for me, to complete a Renegade playthrough or even to pick the Renegade actions because you're just like there's no. It, it, Going back a couple of episodes, right, to like my daughter and her experience of the character creation, sure. and every time compassion came up as an option, she's just like, that's it. That's the one. Compassion. I'm, I'm going there every time. Like, she has that really strong moral clarity in favor of compassion. And I can maybe, fud- you know, when it comes to the ultimate virtue questions, I can fudge things a little bit. And sometimes I'll come down more on the side of valor, but, or, you know, one of the other virtues. But You know, like, when it comes to something like playing through Mass Effect, she and I kind of have similar, like, what she has in that moral clarity going through the ultimate virtue questions I have in playing through Mass Effect because, like, there's really never a time where it's like, hey, that renegade option seems like the right solution right now. It's just like, wow, no, that is a totally dick move pretty much every single time. Um, And I don't know, like, it just, for me, it requires this real... Um this real like lack of association in my head, you know, like I really have to just basically disassociate from myself to complete that kind of a playthrough. And so it kind of amazes me that there's a significantly large player base out there, six billion dollars, um that is able to seemingly do this with far less difficulty than yours truly. But uh
2: you, you have to, um, usually you have to be, uh, very less, uh, <laughs> you, you, drop your empathy for the, for, for the people when you start a, a game like that or a, a renegade playthrough, uh, in Mass Effect or um, any play in a game where you want just to be an asshole. Because, um, there's always an option to, uh, to, uh, to, to have, um, a more uh, nuanced approach uh, in the game. Maybe uh, in the context of, uh, of some discussion in, uh, in a role-playing game, you can be uh, a bit uh, off, off-putting uh, and you can react as in the, in the, in the character uh, violently because you're upset in, the ga- in, in game. But usually it's not a whole playthrough. Maybe you, uh, you have uh, one decision uh, that can change. These games i'm uh, <laughs> when you when you're talking about uh things like uh prostitution and drug deal uh, there's no really mean things in that. Uh, no not really uh, it's not like you decide to sacrifice uh one member of your team to save ten thousand more it's not like you decided to to drop uh uh I don't know uh, uh, a bomb on on uh, on a place knowing that there were civilians to uh, to stop enemies from doing worse. This is just for your own profit, your own uh, advancement of uh, of your of your life. It's there's no there's no um that you can uh, put in. So yes, uh the question is. The the GTA games uh are no uh known for the controversial uh gameplay. And we can uh we can ask ourselves if uh playing the game uh like that, uh, it's it's not that you, there's no other games that exists but you can play um in an open world city of type of life, uh type of game like that. Um I think it's it was you who discussed uh, some time ago. Uh, the the latest uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild uh, which allows you to to, uh, to roam the map and do different things Uh, but uh, the GTA franchise has this uh, uh, forbidden uh, thing going on that do attract people because um, we know it's bad we know uh, that in real society we certainly wouldn't do that uh, but we can't uh, it's like a, a moth on the flame. You know, uh, Some people are just uh, fascinated by by this uh, this r- roman- uh, How to say that romanticized uh, uh, vision of, of the bad guy and the criminal. Well,
1: the philosophical term for it is concupiscence, right? Because you know, it, it, evil has an allure, right? Like it does, and that's not just some people. That's all of us. Everybody. There are things that, if we actually sit back and think about it, we know we probably shouldn't do, but they're just so damn alluring. <laughs> and I mean, GTA, I think, um, you know, cultivates a lot of that, and 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 kind of just puts a lot of that stuff out there. That you know, like you know, yeah, I mean. On the one hand, you know, like very few of us probably are just like, you know, what I would really like to be in a car chase with the police today, and maybe even get into a firefight. Um, very few of us would actually consciously contemplate that. But there's a certain our ar- dre- you know, there's a certain like adrenal appeal there, right? It's just like, hey, that would actually be, you know, for the ten seconds that I'd be alive, that might actually be really <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah. This is this a. Um as I said, there's a cultural phenomenon about uh, criminal organization and not so bad guys. Uh, when you discussed the uh, car chase, I just had this uh, this, uh, <laughs> this flash about um, uh, the old uh, the old uh, Blues Brothers movie. I don't know if oh, yeah. you with uh, when we are uh, chased by the police in the end of the, of the movie, with every police car racing uh, to uh, to just stop them, and they they didn't because they were on a mission for uh, for bringing the, the the money to the orphanage. I think it's we're on a mission yeah. from God. Yes, like 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 they said. But it was it was interesting because in the end they still were punished. They were sent to uh, to prison to uh, to, uh, to to pay for the crimes they did in the movie. Uh, but most of the other most of the other don't do that. They, they keep, uh, they they let the protagonist uh, get away with uh, with some of it.
1: Well, I think there's uh, you know sort of a there's a trajectory there, right? Because I mean, like if you think about you know, and again, like this, you can like you know, I mean, in my head, and I apologize if you're a fan of the series, but like <laughs> to my mind, um, you know, Game of Thrones is on television. <laughs> what gta is on pc right oh yes it's it's, you know because like i mean yes but i've never even completed an episode of, of game of thrones i've never finished one because every time i even come close to it it's just this is a strong word to use but i'm gonna use it anyways honestly the series strikes me as you know basically pornographic, but with a way better storyline. Um.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. Um, but again, um, I, I I know about the success of Game of Thrones, and uh, I never watched a single episode, because I read the first two books uh, by George R. Uh, Martin, and they are good books for what they are, but I, I, I just hated every moment of the two books. Uh, Not that the story is badly written or not interesting. It's just that uh, the the basic premise of the book uh, is that the bad guys are in power, in in Westeros. And the first chapter of the book, spoiler, if you don't know it. I think uh, we'll
1: pass this to the limitations.
2: Yes. one of the characters uh spy on one brother and one sister who making love and is pushed by one of them and falls from the tower to the ground, being paralyzed forever yes that's the first chapter and you read that the heck and it uh, and it continues like that for for the whole series i mean if I remember it's, it starts. Getting better is too strong of a word, uh, in, in a later book when the bad guys start to be punished as bad as the good ones. But it's, it's really a difficult series to read because of that, because, uh, culturally you, you are, um, familiar grounds is good people, They go through difficulties, but they, they get through. Uh, it's not the case in, uh, in Game of Thrones. but uh, Well, you know if what it look, reminds I... me of? Sorry, I just want to cut in, but this
1: just reminded me of something. Grade 10. Okay, so grade 10 English. I struggled so damn hard to get through this one book. And the title of it eludes me now, although I'm pretty sure the author was Margaret Lawrence, a Canadian author. And you know, basically, it was this story about an old woman and the horrendously difficult life that she had lived, and all the different ways that she had been beset, especially by you know, beset upon by you know, especially like the men in her life, and how um, just this whole great series of tragedies and how she had become so hard and jaded and bitter as a result of it all. And like, it, it's weird because I remember like I could barely get through this book, and then. Finally, my dad noticed that I was struggling with it. And so he took it and he breezed through it in about two days. And he you know, comes to me the next day and he's just like, you know what the problem you're having is? He's like, this is the story of, like, in a lot of ways, this is the story of your grandmother's life. This is, in a lot of ways, the story of my mom's life without hope. Because, you know, my grandmother was, you know, a very devout um, Eastern Catholic woman. And, you know, like, basically, he's like, the hardships that this tale depicts, like, you know, these hardships, because she's talked about these hardships, you know, this is the struggle of that just kind of post frontier life. This is the struggle of that sort of, you know, that rural farm isolated life. But this story, the character has no hope in anything. Whereas your grandmother did. He's like, I think that's where your cognitive dissonance is. And in a way, Game of Thrones is kind of the same thing. And I think this is why I steer clear of it, because you know everything I hear about Game of Thrones, and everything I've read about Game of Thrones, it's like, this is trying to be Tolkien for a more modern audience, minus all of the hope.
2: Well, the, the, as I said before, the, the first Two books, uh, and part of uh, I think the following, third are v- very hopeless uh, for the good guys. I mean, uh, things happen in Westeros. Uh, army moves, and people, uh, and people try to to uh, to get more power uh, for themselves. But that's a uh, classic tale of, of kings uh, and peasants. Uh, but starting. Later in the series, um, there's some payback uh, coming from the for for the for the ones who are doing uh, the, the bad things. It's just that uh, it's so uh, it's so in your face with the, all the, the the mature content, <laughs> if you will, uh, being it's either either torture or sex or both of them at the same moment. It's uh, it's it's unsettling sometimes. Just a
1: little it, bit. I, and that's another reason that I dare not, you know, even try and approach it in the house is because A, I don't really need to be taking that in. But then B, also like any content, uh, especially like any content of, you know, like sexual violence, um, that that is something that would never fly with my wife. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, there's one scene in like the second season of Battlestar Galactica where a character gets sexually assaulted and we love battlestar galactica as a series and we watched it through to the end but like we had to take a two-week break from watching it just so she could get over that she's very very sensitive to that kind of content um, and
2: it's 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 perfectly normal uh to, to have this attitude i mean even uh as a as a teenager um i finally had the chance to read uh Margaret rice and tracy Eckman dragon's trilogy uh oh, yeah. it's, it's it's now a classic tale uh from from this uh, setting of uh a d and d but in the second book uh there's uh, a character who gets killed uh and it's it's one of the, the main companions of the lands uh and after his death in the book i just couldn't pick up the book for for weeks uh, because I grew fond of him and all the other characters too and he's, by the time of his death uh, I I just couldn't uh, get myself pick up the book uh, and it took time and effort to pick the, the book again and finish the trilogy uh, because yeah, totally um, that. In, in fiction most of the time we get uh we get attached to to characters and when bad thing happens to them it's it's hard to be difficult because you have this uh uh this uh, empathetic uh relationship with relationship with them unless they are completely dicks and you you just uh you just smirk when something happens to them because they are stupid or they don't deserve good things to happen to them but usually. Uh, usually it's not the case. You root for the character you read about. Um, this is literally the Bioware school of RPG story. And if you, um, if you look at games like, uh, GTA V, um, <laughs> to, to bring back to some Ultima discussion, it's ultimately the opposite of Ultima 4. Uh, because in Ultima 4, uh, you can't win the game unless you are virtuous. And in GTR five or any of the GTR series, it's uh, totally opposite. You if you play the good guy, it's so difficult uh that you can't win the story. You have to be uh to be a bad guy. Much more like uh uh what happened in Ultima 8 in Pagan when you are to do uh, terrible things uh to get away from this voice world. And if you play the any of the other Ultimas doing the things you do, in Ultima hate. You hate it every moment of it. I mean, even the, if the Titans are evil personification of the elements, you can deny that a necromancy was keeping the undeads at bay. That, and that, uh, was it a theogy, uh, was used to heal people. So when you take that, uh, away from from the people of Pagan, you're actually condemning condemning them uh, to a terrible death. And on top of that, you just exit Pagan. So, as a Titan of Ether, you are not here to help the people. You left them to die. Yeah, it's very much you're working for your own selfish ends. Yes, but you justify the end by saying, "Yes, uh, I have to do that." To save Earth and Britannia and defeat the Guardian. So I'm, I'm choosing the lesser of the two evils, but still you're choosing an evil, which was very different from the other games in the series, especially the, the, the one before Ultima 8, which was Ultima 7 Part 2, Serpentine, in which you had all of this discussion about character having to sacrifice themselves, even you, the avatar at the end to bring back balance. To uh, to the void and and re- reunite uh, the the three serpents.
1: Well, and I like I like the fact that I mean, Serpentile I think has probably my favorite depiction of virtue just in general because it uh, it definitely and I, I I don't know I don't think I want to go down this rabbit hole. It was actually the other point that I was going to make that I want to return to, but like it's interesting that it's interesting to me that you know like in um, in Serpentile the virtues are a spectrum right they're not they're yes. not binary opposites you know each virtue is a midpoint between two equal and opposite vices which is pure aristotle and it's funny because i think the developers lucked into it <laughs> you know like i i don't know if they actually were thinking about aristotelian philosophy at least from everything that bill armentrout has said and Sri Anera said, "It almost sounds more like they just kind of lucked into doing it that way, but it works really well because it captures, I think, better the the nuances of you know how we actually have to reason out um, virtue for ourselves as human beings, right? Because you know um, <clears throat> something like valor, right? Take the take the virtue of valor. Well, yes, cowardice is obviously an opposite of that, but so is recklessness, right? Yes." So it's, it's, you know, like virtue, the, the virtue is kind of in between these two equal, but very opposite vices. And Serpent captures that beautifully, brilliantly. Um, but anyways, where I wanted to go, what I wanted to think or what I wanted to muse on was the fact that, you know, like GTA five you know, basically, you're playing a bad guy. Okay, this is established. To be fair, this isn't a new trend in gaming. And, you know, it kind of makes me think of, like, you know, the whole PK subculture that characterized Ultima Online and uh, other games. Um, But, you know, Ultima Online kind of most notably, and to keep this on Ultima, um, you know, just that whole PK subculture. And the the wild, contorted justifications that people could come up with to justify their actions, just like, well, I'm role-playing the villain. No, you're just a jerk who likes ruining other people's gameplay experiences. No, 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 no I'm seriously just role-playing the villain. Uh,
2: I remember uh, <laughs> running for my life uh, okay. in early UO. Uh, Hi, Drax. Hello. Um, yeah. uh, especially uh, at okay. a time where. <laughs> Hang on. Let Sir Klaus finish and then uh, hop in. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I leave you mic just in just a moment and. It was a time where you had uh, uh, still uh, not a permanent uh, connection to the internet. So, in addition to uh, to having a, a PK uh, following you, you had to to do it with a uh, slow connection or disconnection, which made the game even worse. But um, in the end, uh, the, we moved away from open uh, open PvP uh, for those who want to partake in it to uh, to uh, to, uh, to PvP or uh, on demand, if you will, uh, with uh, uh, zones or, of open PvP in in more secure games and things like that. But uh, again, uh, in you, the very big difference with uh, with a more modern game like World of Warcraft PvP, if you will, is that there was there was no motivation uh, in game for you to do that. Um, in World of Warcraft, if you kill a member of an faction, you may get uh, points in a pool that lets you advance um, in in a in a ranking or things like that, um, which can in turn uh, open up the access to more uh, specific type of loot. It's not; it was not right. the game uh, in 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 Ultima Line. You just did it because you could, and it was the first time in. In gaming history, where um, multiple uh, thousands of people were online and could uh, could uh, interact together, and like like in life itself, there uh, person would just like to mess with you. So uh, a part of the community translated in uh, in the P case, and uh, it's interesting to see that uh, if some uh, some characters started to be too uh too too uh too complicated to deal with. Um people uh, even members of the guild uh, of a guild or uh, just plain people would uh bond together and uh try to find him. Yeah, the and PK led
1: to the anti-PKs. Yes. It's
2: just, I remember these discussions. Yeah, but it's like uh defending yourself uh, through a militia uh in the real world. So uh it's the, the virtual environment of uh, Ultima Online recreated some of the dynamics of our own world. Whereas in GTA, uh, it's a single-player game. So there's no, uh, there's no real implication for other players around the world of the impact of what you are doing. You are doing it inside of the game world itself. So everything you do uh, you do it knowing that it's uh, it's a virtual NPC uh, which will be abused by your action, not uh, a real player. Well, and so you know, like this okay, is maybe this, this, might... this layer of abs- abstraction added in. If you want.
1: This reminds me of something. Um, actually, it reminds me of a couple of things. But you know, like one of the things that, um, of course continuously gets cited as you know enabling um online bad behavior is the anonymity or at least pseudo anonymity that you can craft for yourself with an online persona right whether that's a character in ultima online or a youtube profile to leave nasty comments or whatever it is right It's that whole idea that you know if you can have a reasonable certainty of being anonymous on the internet such that the bad stuff you do and the nasty stuff you say can't easily be traced back to you well you're more likely to do that stuff if you have the inclination to do it right if there's a sense where you could bear some consequence for your actions you're much less likely to do that my wife mentioned and she i've never been able to actually find this but she mentioned a survey that she had come across this was back like when she was you know doing her degree but evidently there was a survey done somewhere i don't know where. where they you know surveyed a cohort of men and something like 80 percent of them said that you know yeah they would um take advantage of another person sexually if there was a certainty of not bearing a consequence for doing so um like i said i've never been able to find this survey so i can't verify it for you know anybody who's listening but if that's true, like that's astounding, right? Like there's just that that concupiscence again, right? That, that sense, you know, if I can be sure that I'm not going to bear any particular consequence for this action that I pretty much have an inkling is wrong because I would only do it if I know that I'm not going to bear consequences for it. But if I know that I'm not going to bear consequences for it, well then sure, yeah, I'll do it. Like that's just, it's such a weird part of the human condition, but it's, there it is, right?
2: Yes. And... It's, it's interesting because um, one, of the, one of the most uh, interesting aspects of doing good things is, is the selflessness you can put it in. I mean, when I, when I give charity to some people, I, I don't ask myself if somebody else is looking for me, uh, looking, at, looking at me doing it. I do it because I think it's right. Same goes for anything. That feels right. You don't do it because you expect something in return. <laughs> On the opposite, when you're doing some bad things, sometimes, especially in the games like, uh, like uh, GTA, you want other people to know that you did some things. And it's, it's, uh, it's the strangeness that is that uh, you can strive to unlock achievements in the game. <laughs> that says how bad you are in the game. They, yeah. you're boasting that uh, that you you did bad things in in these games. And well, I won't say that achievement uh, in, other, in other games are always great things. I mean, knowing that you burn somebody to death for five hundred times. In an RPG with uh, a base, but fire Well, I'm not sure it's very interesting, no, but it does say something about you. Very interesting too. So, uh,
1: yeah, and I mean, like, let's be careful here, right? Like, you know, because there certainly seems to be uh, enough uh, enough studies that have been done to suggest that you know, engaging with violent content in video games does not equate to engaging in violence in real life so, you know we have to but you know at the same time it, and actually I think even some studies show that you know being able to have access to video games as an outlet for aggression reduce violence in real life okay fine um, like you know, so I'm not you know I don't I don't want us to dive down the 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 rabbit hole of you know oh well, video games are making our kids violent but at the same time it is interesting like you say that you know There's a certain level of okayness with doing these things within the context of a video game, whether that's burning 500 people to death, whether that's getting in a car chase with the cops and then killing a whole bunch of them in a firefight, whatever it might happen to be. There's a certain level of okayness with doing this when we know that we're only doing it to virtual characters. So it's not like, you know, anybody who gets, you know, it's not like I'm, you know, we don't want to say that anybody is, uh, you know, nobody is going to play GTA and get in a car chase and get in a firefight with the cops and then think, hey, I should do that tomorrow at the mall. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, it does communicate something interesting about the moral trajectory of society that we have become seemingly quite significantly okay six billion dollars um, with that sort of content subject to you know the fact that it's happening virtually rather than physically
2: uh, and again uh, I totally get it about uh, video game violence I mean I was born in 1975 and played <laughs> hundreds of games uh, in my youth where you had to uh, to get a better and bigger gun to shoot at the enemies on the side-scrolling uh, type of games or other uh, vertical uh, shooting shooting games. Uh, but uh, violence beca- became more, quote, real uh, once you started to have uh, uh, 3- 3D or sort of 3D games like uh, Doom and uh, Wolfenstein and things like that. And we had a shift in the perception of, of, of violence to the point uh, we have no games who are ultra realistic and show you, uh, uh, show you real, uh, how to say that, realistic uh, environment and realistic violence games but well, this is a point we've made on the podcast
1: before i think
2: yes something to
1: the effect of you know like is, is, is once you know once we hit the point where i can you know like actually simulate like you know the vr experience of being the bullet that actually rips into a body <laughs> and shreds but, organs yes we might have gone too far at that point
2: yes. <laughs> that might but, be too but far but it's 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 okay because uh there's not the there's again it's in a virtual environment and I get it. I mean, when you, when you beat to death thousands of zombies with a crowbar in a game, it's no better than killing uh, because they, it's not better because they're mindless and you're defending yourself. It's still very violent, but you can make, uh, distance yourself from the content. Uh, whereas in criminal based games, there's this aspect of these are other living persons. I'm doing that too, and exploiting them. Uh, uh, Usually, you put in a position where you as where in the game you have to defend yourself of, uh, and you are in danger of death, which is not the case in some of these open world GTA GTA like games. So there's there's a slightly difference in these games uh, in the perception we have of. But again. as an outlet for your own basis instance, why not? Still, uh, I don't know. I think, uh, that, uh, uh, we have switched from, uh, from a cultural, uh, standpoint where we were looking to, uh, to get the betterment of ourselves to not letting our dark halves taking, taking the lead. Maybe it's a
1: slight shift. Maybe, maybe. And I mean, you know, like <laughs> this is one of those rabbit holes. Like, if we keep going down it, at some yeah. point, we're going to be talking about sex bots. But uh, <laughs> I, I think we should probably give Jacksoneth uh, because she's just arrived. Drax, how you doing?
3: I'm doing fine.
1: <laughs> good, good. What's been happening? Uh,
3: nothing much. Just applying for a job and getting training.
1: Oh fun, oh fun. <laughs> I, yeah. I I didn't actually notice when you logged in, so I don't know how much of the conversation you caught there. But uh yeah if you got any thoughts. I actually have to pop upstairs for a minute to yeah. make sure my daughter's asleep.
3: Yeah, when you were talking about the virtues on Serpent Isle, it reminded me of Star Wars. There's the there's a Sith code and there's a Jedi code and a gray code. And the Sith code says Peace is a lie. There's only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. Through strength, I gain power. Through power, I gain victory. Through victory, my chains are broken. The force shall set me free. That's the Sith Code. The Jedi Code says, there's no emotion. There is peace. There's no ignorance. There's knowledge. There's no passion. There is serenity. There is no chaos, only there's harmony. There's no death, there's the force. And the great code says, there's no dark side nor a light side. There's only the force. I will do what I must to keep the balance. There's no good without evil, but evil must not be allowed to flourish. There's passion, yet peace. There's serenity, yet emotion. There is chaos, yet order.
1: You know, you just reminded me of something, and this was something that I wanted to say in response to what Sir Klaus had said earlier, right? Because, you know, like, we talk about, you know, whether it's in Game of Thrones or in Star Wars, right? Like, you know, evil seems to prevail, but then the protagonists kind of are able to bounce back and secure their revenge. And two or three times this came up, and I didn't jump on it then, but I think the last Star Wars movie has a really interesting message about this, and if you haven't seen The Last Jedi, here's your fair warning, spoiler warning. You've all seen The Last Jedi? Yes.
2: Okay, good. times.
1: <laughs> I have. Say what, sorry? I have
3: seen. I
1: okay, good. So, anybody listening who hasn't seen The Last Jedi, you're going to want to skip this next little bit. But, uh, unless you like spoilers, like me. But anyways. Um like one of the big themes of The Last Jedi is that exactly that sort of thinking isn't right. You know, it's, uh, and I mean, like, this is given, the, the dialogue writers maybe are a little bit too on the nose about it when they actually put the line in Rose's mouth. But it's, you know, very much the message they're trying to send is that it's not about, you know, just destroying and fighting what we hate. It's about saving what we love. And I think... You know, like, that just really, I mean, I found great, I found that whole concept really resonated with me coming out of The Last Jedi the first time I saw it, because it's like, you know, yeah, like, and again, like, I mean, part of that comes out of, you know, you know, my very Catholic grounding in my philosophy, but just the whole idea that, you know, okay, fine, like, the antagonist did something bad to the protagonist, but now the protagonist has gotten revenge for that, and the antagonist is vanquished and maybe dead. But that's still morally unsettling to me, right? And to see the last Jedi take that whole paradigm and put it in a totally like take it in a totally different direction, where it's just like, you know, it's not just about killing the first order. You know, it has to be about more than that, or it's no different than that.
2: It, it's it's um, very uh, interesting uh, conundrums, but please, that uh, Yeah, and
3: then look, Skywalker's comment that. The rebellion was not done. It had just been reborn.
2: Yes. But again, uh, the, the movie is, uh, is moving between two uh, or three different uh, philosophical paths. There's uh, the story of Rose and Finn. And Finn is this character who was raised up in the military of the First Order and know nothing but that aspect of life. And he discovers it. Uh, in a very short time, uh, he discovers the death of his friend uh, at the start of uh, the, the last movie when he dies attacking the village, and this is a bloody uh, handprint on his uh, on his uh, on his helmet, and and it wakes him up in a way. And Rose helps Finn understand what's really. Uh, important in life because he doesn't have this this, this view of life. Uh, he, he gets away from the First Order. Uh, he meets uh, with, uh, with Paul Amran It's his first friendship outside of the First Order. Then he uh, discovers um, uh on uh, uh, Jakku. And if you look at that, he he, uh, he already knows what that uh, what happens is bad. So he has a moral compass, but his moral compass is still tainted by uh, by the, what what he was told in the in the first order. So he doesn't have this uh, this, uh, this capacity of of uh, being selfless uh, until the, uh, the the end of uh, the last Jedi. When he tries to sacrifice himself. Uh, and yet, and the, the lesson of Rose is that selflessness in itself is great, but it's not sufficient uh, because uh, if you sacrifice yourself for, for the cause, it, it will just replicate a cycle of violence. And it's, it's, it's a very, very interesting thought process. On the other hand, uh the, the whole uh first order uh new uh, new, rebe- new rebellion is is a different aspect that doesn't uh, uh mesh well with with this this message because uh, luke skywalker decided to uh to, to get away from all this stuff uh happening in the galaxy because he felt that uh by being proactive it uh, created more uh, and more difficulties for the galaxy and the inability to heal itself. And that uh, by ending the, the Jedi, it would also bring balance to the Force and by by ricochet uh, bring down the bad Force user. Because there's this assumption that by uh, by having uh, that you had the two scales of a balance and they had to balance themselves and that it was part of something uh, something too heavy to but uh, that, that created a weight way down that brought out the first order and uh, the skywalker sacrifice in the end uh, was him to understand that there will always be evil in the galaxy and people uh, have to exist to uh Balance it and, and whether through sacrifice, self- selflessness, things like that. But uh, you can just turn a blind eye uh, on, on the suffering of the others. And no, I love, I have lost you.
1: Oh. No, no, I'm still here, although I think I'm actually going to have to go away. <laughs> no, I <it's okay>. um, <laughs> I'm actually going to have to stay away. My wife just got home. <laughs> I'm going to have to step away. So I'm just going to kind of round up my thought. And that is just, you know, the the one thing about, you know, how Luke kind of starts the new rebellion, it'll be totally interesting to see how J.J. Abrams resolves things in episode nine. But I kind of suspect that um, unless there's intense, intense pressure from like the studio execs at Disney, he's probably going to try and run with the theme that Ryan Johnson has laid down. You know, I don't think this is going to be as clear cut a resolution of, well, yeah, Ray. Has her final showdown with Kylo? Rey kills Kylo, and we're done. The rebellion is triumphant. The First Order is laid waste, and we're done. Um, I, 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 could be wrong. They could wind up going for that sort of you know thing. I mean, you know, basically remake Return of the Jedi. But I kind of suspect they're going to take it in a very different direction. And I look forward to seeing what that is. Anyways, my wife is home. I'm going to go. Uh, be with her and probably get some sleep because i was up until um 4 a.m with my son so uh yeah i'm a little bit shaky on my feet here but uh you guys keep talking and thank you
0: if you want to participate more directly in the podcast you can send us an email at ultimacodex at gmail.com or if you're feeling a bit braver you can leave us a voice message in one of three places the podcast website our Facebook page or on anchor.fm you're also welcome to join us on Discord to chat with us and to lurk or contribute to podcast recordings when they happen if you want to join the Ultimate Dragons you can do so at udic.org where you can choose your very own dragon name you can also find the Ultimate Dragons on Facebook and on Google Plus you can follow at Ultima Dragons on Twitter, or join them on Slack or Discord. And if you're feeling really old school, you can even fire up a Telnet client and check out the Wearmount. If you'd like to support Spam 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 Humbug, you can do so at Patreon, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to episodes the day before they go live for everyone else. You'll also get access to behind-the-scenes audio on occasion and possibly other interesting content. But if a monthly subscription isn't your thing, you can always buy your video games at GOG. We are a partner of that fine site. And every time you buy one or more games at GOG via the links on our websites or in the show notes, that helps us out. But we also welcome your moral support. You can like the Ultima series on Facebook, follow at Ultima Codex on Twitter, or leave the podcast a review on iTunes. And you're welcome to share our episodes with your friends and social media circles. Spam, 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 Humbug is a production of the Ultima Codex. You can find show notes online at Spam, 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 humbug.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be virtuous.